Get the Toyota forklift advantage. Visit toyotamaterialhandling.com.au. All right, let's get into it. Round one, NRL is done and dusted. There's winners, there's losers, there's upsets. There's a lot going on, but let's start, big fella, with your boys, Panthers. Dead and buried. Season over. <laughs> gone. What, where are you at? Uh, well, talk me through it. Well, just, just before I get to the Panthers, what a round of rugby league that was. I can't think of a better opening week. Um, yep. To the season in a long, long time, had everything had sim bins, field goals, golden points, big upsets. Um, the Panthers. There's a lot of talk over the weekend about a, a couple of players who had a an argument post game, and Jerome Luai and Jamin Salmon. Well, um, I, I'm I'm here as an ex player, and I know that I've been in you know little conversations with players throughout a game as well. And yep. <laughs> We've got to get used to having ca- microphones right in everyone's faces. You know, this is this is the heat of the battle. This is frustration. Um, I'm not sure if we've got the audio there, but if we have, we should play it, and we'll go through it after that. No, we haven't got it. We'll pull um, that out uh, yeah. down the track. But, yeah, look, look, Mickey, they went down to – that's two weeks in a row they've been beaten 13-12, if you count the Challenge Cup. Um, they're warming yep. up. They've lost two of their key players in Coruscant and Kikau, and uh, it'll take time for some cohesion. I'm not uh, – no, no panication yet for the mighty Penny Panthers. Not yet, anyway. All right, let's go. I'm going to ask you the biggest upset of the round. I think I know the answer to this question. <laughs> but uh, talk us through this seismic event that occurred. Well, I had a, I had the, the great opportunity to start a game for the Western Reds back in 95. And mm. the start of a new franchise is always special. The Dolphins yesterday um, at Suncorp Stadium, most thought they would be lucky to get within 20 points of the Roosters. But they beat them... And they beat them well. They bashed them into submission, twenty-eight points to eighteen. And this is uh, this is Dan Ganane from Triple M calling the final moments of that game. There's no plays left. Wow. It is one of the greatest moments in the National Rugby League. A monumental upset. The Dolphins of Redcliffe have won their first game, but they have deserved this. They have looked the Roosters in the eye all afternoon and they have pummeled them. 28 to 18. And that is not a fair indication of their dominance. Wow. You can yeah. sense the occasion, can't you? The, it's, uh, people oh. really were just blown away by that. Well, the four Queensland teams all prevailed on the weekend. The Broncos beat the Panthers, the Cowboys beat the Raiders, the Dolphins, and then the Titans finished off last night by beating the the Tigers 22 points to 10. So it was an unbelievable round. Uh, The the Premiership heavyweights um, in Penrith and Roosters went down. Then teams like Manly and Souths looked really, really good. And this season. Storm, golden point. Well, Harry Grant, (laughs) my goodness. How good is Harry bloody Grant? Uh, And then what about Munster? Cameron Munster yeah. played with a compound fracture to his finger. I mean, this, he's, he's, all he's, since been, he's since been <laughs> operated on, so he'd be, he might be out for two to three weeks, uh, Melbourne Storm fans, which you are one, Mickey, I know that. There, there's stories all over the place at the moment. Cat, your your boys, Manly, yeah. uh, wow. got, got the chockies too. 31 to 6. That was a great game. And, and Tommy, I was just so happy to see Tommy Turbo back. So that was unreal. Well, on that note, what we're going to do is we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the things we really loved from uh, the weekend. And if you want to give us a call, you can do that too. One triple three five three. It's up. It's running. It's underway. Game on, muchachos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, look at MG in the Buckle morning. Uh, I 
mentioned what I was looking forward to recently on the show, and it was uh, Ricky Stewart going uh, bonkers at a press conference, because I love seeing it. Here's what was said on the show. That's yeah. what I want to see. I want to see Ricky Stewart say what he really thinks at press conferences. <laughs> that would be a breath of fresh air, would it not? Well, as you say, Mickey, I want to see him go bunter. I'd love to see him turn up at a post-match press conference, <laughs> tip the furniture over and just start punching on with journalists. That's the only thing left for him to do. <laughs> Well, ask and ye oh. shall receive. <laughs> Round one. <laughs> it, it didn't take him long, MG, to fire up. Can we? Can we go? And I'm going to ask you about it off the back of this. But uh, let's have a listen to Ricky Stewart in action after the game. The NRL, they don't trust coaches, mate. Do you think I'd let a player play if he had a uh, concussion or he's concussed? Um, and I don't just trust the player's comments when he comes to the sideline in regards to that. But when he's down, getting his leg leg attended to. And I asked him, and his eyes, there was no fatigue and there was no pain in his eyes in regards to when he came off, he was very coherent. That, that didn't help us in that game. Yeah, well, uh, a bit to unpack here, MG. So there's, there's the head injuries, which is a very serious issue, but it's the how it's yep. dealt with, I think, is his issue, is it? Yeah, well, at the moment, Mick, we have a, um, an independent doctor who we need one because, look, what Ricky said then, look, if your best player is coming off with a HIA, and you're, the, you're his coach, there's no way, if it's, unless it's you know, really, really bad, there's no way you're going to say, you know, don't go back on, because it's all about two points. We know, we've come a long way with concussion, we've come, and we've been, we've been educated. To, you know, a few players on the weekend played three or four minutes. So I think um, one player, um, uh, Totola, against South, off the hit-up, got KO'd, and, you, and he went to play the ball and he couldn't put his foot on the ball. That guy yeah. should stay off for the whole game. But there's someone, someone's, some of the incidents that are kind of a bit scratchy. Look, the independent doctor, for those that don't know, um, he sits in the bunker, which is at Redfern. So the bunker isn't at the ground. The bunker is in you know, this high-tech studio in Redfern, and that's where the independent doctor sits. So what we need to do, we need to have the independent doctor at each game. We need to have an independent doctor to say to both both teams, look, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at this guy. You come with me, and let's all do it together. Let's all revise him together. Let's all have a look at him together. And then the independent doctor then ticks it off. You yeah. can't, everyone's got self-interest, Mick. Every, everyone wants their best players on the game. And, and as, as far as we've come, uh, two points is still, still more valuable than anything. So let's, be, yeah. let's, get, let's get the independent doctor at the grounds. That's our first step. Uh, yeah, it's round one. Well, let's get it happening. We need a doctor that makes house calls. You know what I mean? You can't be Dr. sitting Harry. there. I mean, at a boxing match, the ringside doctor is ringside. He's not sitting in the next suburb going, oh, he looks a bit dodgy. Maybe don't come out. You're there. You see it. You're into it. All right, Tash has joined us. Tash, uh, what did you love? Come on, tell us what you loved about the world. I loved the Dolphins. I loved you the did. underdog. Everyone underestimated them. Of course, Wayne Bennett has to be the super coach of the whole game. The fact that yep. they were the underdogs, the Dolphins were in sensational form. The Roosters looked like an amateur. Am I going too hard here, MG? No, hey, keep going, darling. Keep an, going. <laughs> an amateur under-16 group where they couldn't even chase them for the tries. And then what I love, compared <laughs> to Ricky Stewart, who goes bananas, and I love a bit of passion. I love get fi- uh, getting fired up. Wayne sure. Bennett shows zero emotion. No, he's he's Gran Torino. He's uh, Clint Eastwood. He just sits there on his rocking, sits there on his well, rocking horse with his rifle. Well, he's very close to a walking cadaver, so <laughs> I think someone someone should check for a pulse. Weekend sure at Bernie style. Yeah. <laughs> they will be dragging him around. Weekend at Bernie style. 
Chris said, uh, you mentioned Turbo, you love that cat. Oh. That was yours. He's been injured so much, yeah. and he is the game changer. So it was so wonderful to see him not only score, yeah. but just to be a part of that game yeah. fully. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. And every time, look, I love rugby league, and I'm, I'm a mad panther, and I, but I love, I love the sport. And every time Tommy Turbo got the ball, I, I kind of grimaced, and hopefully he got up and played the ball properly. Also, on another note, I, Lachlan Ilias, the young number seven, Last year, a lot of speculation around Adam Reynolds leaving, going to the Broncos. Well, Lachlan Ilias, a start of this season with a, a man of the – him and Daly Cherry Evans were probably the two best players yep. uh, of round one, I feel, I thought. So, uh, okay. well done, South, and, uh, with a fantastic victory over the Sharkies. Without Nico Hines, they missed him badly. Graham, uh, what did you take away from it, mate? Yeah, hey, guys. Look, I'm just um, I'm just gobsmacked. So I know that Canterbury's been buying up a few players in the off-season, and I was really excited this year. I think, yeah, finally we're going to give the top eight a run. And, and I'm listening to MG, and he's saying, I'm, I'm hoping he's going to say the doggies in the top eight. And we just, and after listening to them on the radio yesterday, I, I just want to cry. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh. It's round one, Graham, round right. one. Come on. If you ever look at the, uh, the wins and losses in round one, they rarely equate to the end of this season, do they, MG? No, it's round one. They're filling it out. I must confess, but the the lack of vigour, I'll say, the lack of vigour that the dogs played with um, against the the Manly Seagulls on the weekend was worrying. Um, they lo- they lost their bark on the weekend, but they'll find it back. It's 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 round one. You know, they, 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 if you are a dogs fan, be happy you got Reed Marnie because he, without him on the weekend, you get beat by fifty. He was he was amazing. How did the amazing. Penrith boys go? Penrith boys, uh, yeah. Billy Kickout. Yeah. Billy Kickout was quiet. Um, he's still, he's still, I think, getting over you know the the long off season, going to the World Cup, having not much of an off season. He'll he'll get better. Um, um, and the coach is, is you know the coach is Serrato, who was our defensive coach last year. So um, they've got a lot of things to work with. Um, and that's as you said there, Mickey. Round one. Don't be too concerned if you, any of these right. any of these supporters after round four, if you still haven't had a win or you're going bad, then starts the panic. Yeah. And leave town. Then see you later. Get another swap, membership. Swap, swap codes. <laughs> swap codes. Uh, <laughs> Mark's on the line. Mark, what do you make of it all? Hello, team. Listen, guys, um, what I thought was Penrith's sort of come And I know it's early, Big Teller MG, but, mate, they've come back to the field a bit, which makes it more interesting where one of, say, five or six teams can win. Yep. I thought, I thought uh, the Broncos, I haven't seen them defend like that for five or six years. I know it's early. My rabbits went well. Cats, eagles went well. Um, yeah, so it makes for a, a lot closer contest this year, and I think um, which is which is a bonus to the rugby league. Yeah, I think you're right. You you, you packaged you, you uncut it, you unpacked it well there, Marky. You covered it all, and I think you uh, hit the nail on the head and everything you said, brother. Well done. Cheers, Not guys. a lot of good on you. Not a lot of calls coming in to support the Melbourne Storm. I'm surprised. <laughs> I just thought there would have been a groundswell of of good wishes. But kept their record alive, MG. Uh, yeah, it's, it's since twenty, uh, since two thousand and one. Um, so Bellamy's been there since two thousand and three. They've won every game, um, every first game of the year. Then they've they've won two years, two years before that. So well, twenty one years they've won their first game of the season, which is an unbelievable record. That's unbelievable. unbelievable. Uh, Russell's, yep, Russell's on the line. Uh, Russell, what do you want to add? Good day, guys. Hello, Russell. Yes, mate. Yeah, yo, it's, uh, look, I reckon it was great the first round this week. It was, um, look, it was expected that the Roosters were going to come out firing. I'm a Rooster supporter. 
I'm just I'm just happy, real happy to see the Dolphins actually get a win. Um, they're they're a talented team. When you put a pen right, when you put a line through their um, roster, they're a great team. So it wasn't surprising they did beat us. Although we were missing a couple big guns yeah. Uh, yeah. through injury, and that doesn't mean anything. It's still round one, early days, nothing to panic about. But it was good to see the Dolphins get a win. But in in saying that too, Mickey. Uh, go the yellow and black for the season. Oh, <laughs> now we're getting on to the real stuff. <laughs> Tigers got beaten by Melbourne by 50 points in the practice match over the weekend. So we'll, we'll move on, guys. Hey, we've got time to take Doug just quickly. Doug, I think we spoke to you last week, didn't we? Yeah, yeah I'm the one that talked about Ricky, and it's great to hear uh, that uh, Ricky's a listener. Now, I thought the highlight, <laughs> I, I thought the highlight was... Uh, Seraldo, the Canterbury game. I'd love to have the camera kept going up to his face and he had this like this blank look like he's the super coach. Welcome to the losers club, buddy. So well, uh, what, what was what was more extreme about that, Doug? What was what was the he he went to his press his press conference and as he was about to talk to the reporters, Manly, which was seemed like they were a, a meter away in the next dressing room, started their victory song. So they were chanting, hitting walls, and easily sitting there with his face going, Well, what can I do? Well, it's, yeah. Welcome, as you say, Doug, welcome to NRL First Great Coach, my brother. <laughs> welcome to the big leagues. The great nation of Australia is once again open for business. Yeah. It's fantastic mm. to see so many people out and about, whether it's, it's attending sporting events again coming into the winter, whether it's uh, touring bands or it's pride marches. Everyone seems to be up and about. There's a couple of ones worth mentioning. Uh, and we'll get to the Pride March uh, at Sydney Harbour Bridge later on in the show. But uh, at the MCG in Melbourne, 105,000 people went and saw Ed Sheeran uh, in what has got to be one of the most mm-hmm. outrageous wow. uh, events of all time, especially considering it was the one-year anniversary of the death of uh, Michael Gadinsky. Oh. Uh, so uh, very moving scenes down there. But what about... Uh, Harry Styles joined live on stage by Daryl Braithwaite right here in Sydney. <laughs> that is the last tour of uh, of the last concert of the tour and great scenes. Everyone singing along. MG, your daughter went. What did she make of it? Yeah, Rafferty went uh, on Saturday with a couple of her friends, um, Hannah and Layla, and they uh, they loved it. Um, they're all and my actually my my sister in law and her daughter went, and there's a big uh, convoy of people from the western suburbs of Sydney get, making their way to to Homebush. They weren't they weren't um, they weren't left wanting. They loved every second of it. He's a fantastic, enigmatic entertainer, and every everyone at the moment wants to be Harry yeah. Styles. And you've you've had the you've had the good fortune of meeting him, haven't you? Oh, we're best mates, so I won't go into the story again. <laughs> Surprised to say we caught up. Um, as opposed to Daryl Braithwaite, who yes. is still trying to pass off horses as his own song. I've had this with Daryl. He, he won a aria mm. for, for his solo work, and I go, what solo work? They go, horses. I go, it's not his song. <laughs> Here's my beef with Daryl Braithwaite, and he knows this because he we're kind of friends. And he, he comes on my show a bit. But I'm going to say this. It's not his song. And when he does sing it, like he sings it at the Cox Plate, he's so lazy, he doesn't even sing the whole song. <laughs> he he sings a bit, and then he holds the, the microphone out and so for the, the audience. I go, I go, mate, you're getting paid 200 grand to sing a song you didn't write. At least you can sing more than half of it. 
You lazy former king of pop. I didn't know that. I did not know that. I did not know that he didn't write the song. Whose who's original song is it? Is it Ricky Lee? Ricky Sorry, Lee. Ricky Lee. Yeah. Wow. Ricky Lee did it. Daryl, if you're listening, give me a call and we'll have it out live on air. But uh, there it is. I did. But you did write. I did run into Harry Styles. He's one of my. Uh, <laughs> You've, you've had a lot of brushes with fame because over the weekend, too, I believe that uh, Jason Alexander, after your story you said about him last week, he actually sent you a, a tweet. Is that right? He tweeted yeah. me. Yes. Isn't that lovely? What, what did he say? Do you have it in front of you? I don't have it. Do you have it? No, he just said, good luck. No. Well done. Well played, Mick. You, <laughs> Mick you Malloy, I love you. I love you back, mate. Hope you're well and thriving and loving life. Best to yes. you and your little troop. Thank you, Jason Alexander. As I one of the good blokes. One of the great blokes uh, in the world. When you hang out with him, you know uh, what fame is all about. I'll never complain about having to do a selfie ever <laughs> again. And a, just a genuinely funny guy, you know. He like looks he, had to play, he played the character, basically, of Larry David on Seinfeld. So no, a bit of pressure there. But, uh, boy, did he knock it out of the park. Oh, yeah. It's got me thinking, guys, uh, don't uh, let me uh, showboat with all my high-profile <laughs> showbiz friends. What have, what have you got? MG, who have you? Uh, who do you knock around with? Who's in your MDs? Who, who are you? Um, DMs. Look, I'm, I'm, MDs. My, my MDs. I'm a medical doctor now. Did you know that? Marcus Wellaby, MD. Um, right. I've had a few brushes with fame. I must confess who? that uh, uh, Kevin Costner met him. Kevin met, Costner? Um, yeah. Where, where did you meet him? Uh, we were playing rugby league in France, and he was filming Robin Hood at uh, Carcassonne, and he came in and watched one of our games at halftime. He came in and got a, a – well, there was no selfies back then. There was just a photo with the group. He did a film called The Upside of Anger where he played an alcoholic, and it just didn't ring true. Because I, I am a borderline alcoholic. I sat there the whole time going, this is rubbish. Oh, look, he's turned up to work, and he's ironed his shirt. No shit. <laughs> He's living, he's living on his own, and he's got food in the fridge. Come on, Kevin. Come on, Do Kevin. your research. Do your research. So him, who else? I met uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Horn in uh, 1992 in EOS. They were filming uh, Overboard, and we were oh, in EOS for it. And, and just recently, about three or four years ago, I was watching uh, The Voice, and maybe I've had a couple <laughs> of wines, maybe a couple of lily pillies. Not, well, not lily pillies back then, but... Yes. And you know what I said? I'm going to I'm going to send I'm going to send Boy George a, a message on Instagram. <laughs> so I sent him one. Jesus I said, "Mate, good." I said, "I said, great to see you down under, George. Love your work, brother." And, and within about ten minutes, I got I got one back saying, oh, "Thank you, darling, for your support." <laughs> I love the way you roll. You're just you're very spontaneous. I am. Man. Did he know who you were, or was he just he, I, I he don't. Just, just some crazy man? In, I think DM, of, maybe he may maybe looked at my profile and said, "Oh, he's an ex-sportsman or someone." Or he, oh, this would be like, good. Oh. Let's let. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Let's do this. One triple three five three. Uh, Tash will come back and get yours because I know you were starstruck on meeting mm. a couple of contemporaries. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that in just a minute. But give us a call. One triple three five three. Who who have you seen or who have you had a conversation with? Jason Alexander texting me the other day. <laughs> uh, I get him all the time. I, I might block. I might block him. Oh. Start, starting to get annoying. Uh, <laughs> but we're talking about an MG uh, told us how he DM'd a boy George. That's fascinating yep. stuff. Uh, fascinating insight into the character of MG. 
Tash joins us live in the studio now. Tash, who did you lose it over when you met them? Oh, I remember being uh, at university doing journalism at Bathurst and Mm. I was lucky enough to get an internship at Channel 9. I was probably maybe 20 and I met Ray Martin in the car park at Channel 9. Oh, what a great man. What an Australian icon, and I was so Sounds a bit nervous. seedy. You met, Ray in, <laughs> you met Ray in the car park while you were an intern. All right. I think boy, it was a beautiful moment. Anyway, all I could do was I was just thinking, oh, you're my icon. I have such great admiration for you. Great interview, a really kind man. But all I could look at was his hair to see if it was real, and it was That's beautiful, real. and it was real. Did you want to tap it? I did. <laughs> it, would, it would have made a sound like tapping a colander. <laughs> donk, donk, and then donk. I had the great pleasure of working with him years later, and he was an absolute delight. I've met him too. He's a super guy. Cat, who have you met in your travels? Um, one of the ten tenors slipped into my DMs <laughs> in his oh, Lisbon. Yeah. Then, you then, are so sad. What a sad I know. moment. And then you know what? He tried to booty call me at about midnight Look after the show. Hello. <laughs> It's now or never. How old is he? Oh, it was the new generation. It was about 10 years ago in Brisbane. But, oh, let's, um, let's track him down. Uh, <laughs> wow. I want to get a photo of the 10 tenors. Yes. I'm going to point, him, point yes. him out of a lineup for me. <laughs> and we'll get there. Hey, Sarah's on the line. Sarah, who did uh, you run into? I've had lunch with Billy Connolly. Oh, I beg my your goodness. What? And was he yeah. funny over lunch? He's hilarious. And he's. So down to earth. Yeah, so, well. I was, a, when I was an extra on the man ha- who sued God. How did it so happen? We were in this dingy little caravan park in the back of Cornell filming, and I was like, all the extras were just sitting down on the grass having lunch, and he rocked over and sat down and had lunch with us. Oh, wow. Uh, one of the greats. Thanks yeah. for the call, Sarah. Colin's on the line. Colin, who did you run into? G'day, guys. How are we? Uh, Good, Colin. The great Peter Brock. Peter oh, Brock. Wow. Yeah. I just think there is some men that other men want to be or look up to and loved. And at the height of his powers, there was no man in Australia more admired by other men uh, than Peter Brock. We all wanted to. He was a god. Well, look how many look how many people may name their kids Brock after Peter Brock. There's mm. a lot of like the the boy's name Brock wasn't even in the vocabulary of anyone until Peter Brock came along. Now, well, now a lot apart of apart from like, American Brock. soapies, there's a few <laughs> that's, Brocks that's, that's over Brooke. there. No, that's Brock. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call, Colin. Uh, Mark's on the line. Mark, who did you run into? Uh, the king. He was a prince at the time. King who? King Charles. King Charles, what a giant knob. <laughs> Mark, he Lovely would have been. <laughs> how would you do it? Where, where, where were you, Mark? I was at uh, Villa Bretonnet, Anzac Day ceremony about seven years ago. Uh, in Paris, in France, of course. Uh, he uh, takes that stuff very seriously. Uh, good on you for going, by the way. How was that experience? That's oh, great. I take a. I always took a school group over for to, to see the World One battlefields, and fortunately, we were there for Anzac Day at the time, so we got to oh, experience wow. the Villa. Can, can I say that is a great thing for you to do, and it's a great thing to pass on to kids to understand yes. what happened in that part of the world, and to understand what a warm welcome you get when you go there by the French locals in those areas, who still warmly and fondly regard uh, all the Australian diggers who fought. Uh, over there at the time. Good on you, Mark. Thanks for that.
Hey, Michael's on the line. Michael, uh, who'd you run into? Hey, guys. Um, I ran into actor Yahoo Serious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yahoo Serious. Now, not many people know this. Uh, Yahoo Serious pretty much made Village Roadshow. So for the entire... Really? really? Yeah. No, absolutely. So Village Roadshow, I think, that, I think little known, but Village Roadshow, who used to own this company... Yep. Uh, it was Alvin Purple back in the day. It was oh, very early TV Graham series. Wow. Graham Blundell, which was hilarious. But Yahoo Serious, the, the films, were the ones that put them into the big time. Hi, Mark. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, it wasn't me. It was a mate of mine. He was holidaying in Bali. And this guy walked in with his mates, older blokes, and he said, uh, mate, that bloke wouldn't be able to pull a chick in a million years. And he ended up being the Rolling Stones. It was Mick Jagger. Um, so yeah. him and his him and his uh, his uh, bandmates were there, and they had a good old laugh and sat there drinking with them for the rest of the night. Oh, he yeah, well, here the next day because he didn't know who they were, and he told them they might br- make it in they might make it in the music industry. I had a brush with fame uh, with Mick Jagger, who hit on my girlfriend while oh. I was standing beside her. Stop yeah. it! Yeah. And I, can I tell you this? Yeah. Part of me was really pissed off and part of me was... Part of me was very Yes. <laughs> All right, let's go down to Mark. Mark, what have uh, you got, mate? Who did you run into? Uh, Mickey, um, oh, this one will um, definitely strike a chord with the with the crew there at um, Triple M. I yep. was uh, at Strawberry Park Hotel in Surrey Hills. This is a fair few decades ago. Yep. And I um, was walked in the urinal, and there's Jimmy Barnes having a whizzer. And I said, how are you going? Jimmy said, um, pretty effing good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's what you should do. Always go up and chat to a guy while he's having, <laughs> having, having a wee, wee in the urinal. <laughs> Maybe take a selfie with him. <laughs> that that'll be good. Good for the call. Steve's on the line. Steve, uh, who'd you run into, mate? Yeah, ran into uh, Gough Whitlam during the referendum for the... Um, wow. Uh, when he was Prime Minister at the time, but it was during the referendum for changing the national anthem. Right. And um, he actually asked me who uh, they should change, what they should change it to. And the, yeah. the funny thing was he then turned around and said, what, what do you reckon we change it to? Welcome to my nightmare. I thought it was very fitting at the time. Right. And were you in a urinal? Please tell me you were in a urinal having that chat. Uh, no, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't because I was only about 13 at the time. All right. Nick's on the line. Nick, uh, who do you run into? Uh, Russell Crowe. Um, oh, okay. 2003 on a place called Palm Island off the coast of Townsville, which is our Aboriginal community. We were in yep. the army just doing some work there for him, and he came over with his band, Forty Odd Foot of Grunt. They did a bit of a um, you know a, a gig in that for the for the locals, and then afterwards they came back to the um, army camp. And then one of the lads had a Gladiator DVD he wanted signed, but was too scared to, to do it. So I took the DVD, but I wasn't going to ask him for the signature. I just signed it myself, and to this day he thinks signed his DVD. But anyway, while I was up there, I I bludged a cigarette off him. And he goes, yeah, right, eh? And then I had to ask for a light. He goes, oh, you're a professional scout, eh? <laughs> well, I bet you want a light with that. I'll give you a light with that. If you like that light. My command. Who like with this cigarette back? Thank you. Tick-tack, tick-tack. Checking the latest online. No, 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 no. It's Mick Talk. 
I have been scouring all the platforms to find out what people are talking about, what's captured the imagination online. I like this story a lot. A Gold Coast woman has lost $600,000 in a compensation payout uh, after a video of her twerking surfaced. So, I know, talk about busted. So, she's a Gold Coast soccer player, suffered extensive injuries after a car crashed into her. Um, She obviously applied for compensation, uh, and it was looking good till a video of her piss-farting around and twerking showed that her injuries may not have been as substantial as she'd originally made out. You know, if you're twerking, mm. you can't be too injured. You're limber. Tr- mm. Trust me, I tried twerking on stage after my vasectomy. Because <laughs> at the end of the show, I come out, to, I like big butts, and I do a bit of twerking, and I nearly, I whited out with pain. I seriously had my balls in an ice bucket for about an hour and a half after that show, which is, which is about half an hour longer than normal. <laughs> Where did the twerk come from? Where did who started the twerk? Was that from? I don't know. But was it, was it Miley of, Cyrus? It was America. No, it's America. I would have been black in origin. I would have thought. Yeah. But maybe campuses. I know campuses in America used to have twerking competitions. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's the you know, if I go on Dancing with the Stars, it'll be only if I twerk. <laughs> I want to do the nut push. Yep. Right? That'll be and my first bond, dance. And, the and then dance. I want to. And then I want to twerk. They should teach twerking at dance school <laughs> at, at a young age. I think twerking for children would be a great tip. You do your ring-a-ring-a-rosy. You can do uh, your whatever else they do. Pocket full of posies, yep. Pocket full of posies. Oh, and don't forget to twerk, kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I went to a dance recital and mm. the kids were obviously very young between kindergarten and year four. And the year fours came out to Pitbull, and it was pretty much a twerk. Oh, and they were wow. in little f- – and then it was oh, – honestly, one of them was on their hands and knees while the other one, like, sort of did a flip oh, come and on. sent off their back. <laughs> TikTok. I blame TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, if you can't twerk, there's no point in living. You can't work. That's, 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 that's one of our friends of the show. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys who helps us out here, one of Australia's finest stand-ups, and he joins us now live, Adam Rosenbachs. Rosie, how are you? Good morning, everyone. How are we? It's hey, great Rosie. to have you on board. Uh, behind the scenes, around the show, you're yes. always uh, lurking. We love having you involved. <laughs> I am very much a part of the show, and I've got a bone already to pick with MG. MG, oh. you owe me 40 bucks because your dog last night oh. did absolute <laughs> donuts. <laughs> what happened to the dog? Uh, come last. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know uh, the old uh, deep heat on the on the testicles? Exactly. Is, gets it going. No. What about oh, you? Well, Do it yourself. Rosie, Rosie's very prolific on our WhatsApp group, and uh, I put it up last night. Um, I got excited. Of, I thought we're into yeah. something here. How many races has it run now? Uh, it's, it's had three races. It's one. Its first race, which gave us a lot of hope, and then it's come yep. uh, third or fourth, and now fifth. Or sixth. Uh, so, so one more chance it'll be put down. One more, one more chance out to. Do you know what I want? Do you know what I want to see at the dogs? What's that? I want to see a race for Labradors where the lure is just a tennis ball. 
<laughs> racing, and you just see a bunch of labs chasing a tennis ball up the street. That would be a much more fun one. Well, people get involved. You can get kids involved then. You can get kids. Because you, you don't take your kids to the Greyhounds, do you? Uh, no. I did go there on a first date once. Oh. <laughs> I'll pick you up around seven and we'll head off to, <laughs> so off to the dish lickers. I'm more of a fan of the animated greyhounds at the pub. I know you yeah. are. That's how you big fan. Be. I was an owner in an animated greyhound. It didn't go so well. <laughs> hey, we were talking brushes with fame. Yes. Do you have anything in that department that might interest us? You run into someone famous. Well, to let the team in here know, the first time I ever met Mickey. Now I uh, worked at Triple M many, many years ago when you were doing uh, Mark Malloy Mark on Malloy, yeah, the uh, right. Today Network. Yeah. And. I was a huge, I was just getting into stand-up and I was a huge fan of Mick Malloy, you know, The Late Show, all hey. this kind of stuff. I was a big fan of The Degeneration. I'm leaving the building one night and I see Mickey out the front waiting for a cab uh, after the show and I was like, oh, here's your chance to say good day to one of your heroes. And I said, oh, g'day Mick, you know, I'm, a, I'm working at Triple M, I'm a stand-up, I really love your show. And no word of a lie, Mickey just turned and went, huh? <laughs> now, now that's not right. And that was our first interaction. You have completely <laughs> no, there's taken no back. I'll sue you. I'll sue you. You probably didn't grunt that loudly. I probably have put a little bit of mayo on how much effort you put back into that. That doesn't sound like me. That no. I must. Have you been. should have given him a cuddle and a kiss. He yeah. would have been more receptive. Yeah, exactly, like MG. Does. I probably didn't have a beer in my hand, which is why he didn't want to talk to me. That's true. Right. Yeah. That is. But it. the other the other run in I had was at uh, LAX once when I was coming back from the states, and I got invited into the first class lounge with Pardon some, me, with some friends. I know. So some friends of mine who work in radio, I was just down in yeah. the normal section, and I'm like, mate, we can get you in. So I was like, great. And so I went in there, sat with them, and they've got an a la carte menu oh, in the first, first class. I'll oh, look at you nodding oh, like, I'll of not, course they have. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Allegedly. I've, I've never flown first class myself. Right. Have you? You've clearly flown first class. MG, have you? No, I've, fl I've uh, flown business, but I haven't flown yeah. first. Mickey, you've, you've obviously look, done it. Look, there was a some opening once. <laughs> Just an opening here we go. Airlines or somewhere. Yeah. What's it like? Why do you ask? What's your... What's your point? I oh, know. I'm just saying, if I'd ever flown first class, because you know how you get pajamas, I would have those pajamas yes. on all the time. Like I would let everyone know. Like I'd be wearing them now. So we're in the first class lounge, and it turned out that Al McPherson was oh, in there as well. Okay. And someone came in and said, "Al McPherson's out there." So me and my mate ran out there to pretend to get something to eat so we could spot Al. Yeah. And we we're all talking in this little private room that we had about how exciting it was that Al McPherson was there. And she came in and knocked on the door of the room that we were in and was like, I can hear everything you blokes are saying. <laughs> and so everyone's minds is going, what do we say about Al? And it was, of course, all positive because it's Al McPherson. And of course. she was happy? Yeah, she, she was. She was friendly. She chatted to us. And we obviously uh, went our separate ways. We got on the plane. She turned left. I turned right. Headed back to economy. <laughs> but then when we got back to Sydney and I saw her at the baggage carousel, and this is how much confidence I had. So stupid. I walked up to her like I knew her and was like, how was your flight? And she she gave me less than you gave me at Triple M that time. It's going to be a scorcher today, mate. How do you deal with the heat? Uh, I've got a great way to beat the heat. What I do is I head into Dan Murphy's and just go. <laughs> Of the cool room and just treat it as my local pub. It takes them about two hours before they cotton on that you've been hanging around there and there's some empties in there. So, but it, it can be worth it. That should be at the end of the day. You just take your empties up. 
Yes. You know what I mean? It's like a, a great su- idea. like a sushi train or yes. something like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they just count your empties and you're away. My, that was my idea for a bar when, when I opened the pub. I said, mm. we can save some money here and like have a, have a beer train. So we had rid of any stuff, but you just have the beer train running yeah. around. Right, and then you take your glasses mm. and you drink them, and then you just keep them. And at the end, you show all your glasses. So that's a like, great idea. They're trying to run that self-service pub in Newtown, and mm. I just don't see how that's going to work because self-serve, you, you're putting it on people to be honest, oh, and that's just honest, never yeah. going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I was a big fan of the honour system, which still exists in some country pubs where when the publican wants to go to bed, yep. they put the till on the bar, and oh. you pay as you go. And to me... That's the greatest privilege in the world when when a publican goes, all right. Oh like, yeah. Um, well, once you hold it in a seat situation <laughs> for five for five days, they do eventually want you to leave. All right, let's get on to finance. Yeah, so I think that I can uh, solve this issue that we have with inflation. Now, it's kind of hitting, it's taken its toll, it's hitting everyone. So I just reckon my theory is that you need to, firstly, we need to ban PayWave, okay? So what's your beef with PayWave? Well, so PayWave means that people are spending money that they don't really think, they don't really have. Like, no one is shouting a round of shots with cash, right? But on PayWave, you look like the biggest boss in the world. And you just go... Doink. Yeah, exactly, and you don't see it. And I think that PayWave should do two things if we are going to stick with it. One is that when you tap, it should instantly reflect what you can then afford. So you say you've got a shopping list on your phone. It pops up and says you can't have steak anymore, but you can have small cans of tuna from Coles that are past their use-by date. That's what you're eating it for dinner. It does your shopping for you. Yes, it, it exactly. It what you can. Or when you tap, it just goes, oh. <laughs> dude, yeah, no. yeah, exactly. No, dude, exactly. You're in trouble, no. yeah, yeah, you're in big trouble. You can't pay rent. Yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Just to let everyone in the pub, or you know, maybe uh, like a big screen on in the pub that has your bank account come up. So when it says two dollars fifty, or it flashes insufficient funds, everyone in the pub just goes, "Oh, mate, I'm sorry." Or, or instead of instead of a publican, it's now your card calling last drinks. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> last, last drinks, everybody. Because don't you think the kids of today, the kids of today haven't really dealt with insufficient funds, have they? No, they never they, see no, that they anymore. Don't know what that means? They would never. It's just that was just. You, what do you do? You pay it forward, or you get it? You yeah. Know, you just... So it's not as much fun. So I think we bring back cash because I think kids of today have missed out a lot with. Using cash, it was I a miss lot of cash. fun. It was great. I really miss cash. It was great. And I, I know cash. the underworld of Sydney has just lit up at the idea of cash coming back. But how much? All right, here's one scenario that was always fun. Remember when you'd be at a packed bar and you'd spot cash on the ground? Look, yeah, yeah. Put your foot on it, and you yep. yeah, you put your foot on it, and you'd stand there for <laughs> ages, and you'd kind of look around to see <laughs> if anyone else had noticed it, and you pretended to bend over and do up your shoelaces, and then you pull it out, and it was like Yoink. five dollars, and you were so yeah, happy. Yes. Be so, There's a shout. Be yeah. so, <laughs> that's right. Well, what about this one? When you put on an old jacket, oh, or you put on an old nice. pair of jeans, yeah. and you put your hand in, you get, oh my god, oh, no, it's a no, lobster! It. Yeah. It's a lobster! <laughs> yeah. I just found a twenty. <laughs> I'm rich. <laughs> We're gonna fund tonight. And the other thing that they've missed out on, the, the kids of today, they don't know what shrapnel is. Like they've never had m- mountains Wouldn't of loose change. Yeah, because yeah. remember those times when you'd come home, you'd have like thirty bucks worth of shrapnel. Oh, you'd have to man. do your butt, uh, your belt up. 
an extra notch because you had so much shrapnel. Sure, you had to spend 150 bucks to get $25 worth of shrapnel. <laughs> right. But it was fantastic. And, you know, the next day when you'd be going through, like, the Hungry Jack's drive through and you'd go through the ashtray that was full yeah. of shrapnel. I know. How much fun was that to try and buy a Whopper Junior? And I smoked, too, so you'd hand over... $2 coins and, you know, Peter Jackson extra mild filters. <laughs> when you're buying your thing, I just think it's just you're they've missed me, out on... You're making me sad now because that, that's one of my best memories of, of, of being a teenager, growing up and having all that shrapnel yeah. in, in my in my ashtray. And then, you know, you made that more so. You <laughs> in an ashtray. Between the seats in your Tarama. <laughs> yeah. You just yeah, had it. And, uh, on, the, on the dresser at home. Remember you used to keep like a big, big VB can next to your bed. Full of it and then you'd take it down. Take it to the bank. And that would almost shear your fingers off because after you'd collected <laughs> that much money over six months, you'd go to lift it and be like, wow, that is really heavy. But you'd still take it to the bank and make them count it out. Yeah, and you could, or you could go to an Alice in Chains concert and chuck the $2 coins <laughs> around. <laughs> that Have was always fun. fun. What happened to the Grey Nurse? Oh. What happened to the hundred dollar notes? Oh. Now apparently they're still in currency. Have you ever seen one? Have no. you seen a hundred dollar note lately? Because you know where they've all gone, don't you? No, where have they gone? Big hello to the underworld. <laughs> yes. Big hello yeah. to everyone. Like who's being, machines. Everyone who's being paid in cash. Yeah. That is where it's happening. But I've got one quick tip. If you do want to save money getting home, because that can be, you know, people are blowing money trying to get home and they're trying to save money. Here's a good way to save money. If you are going to order Uber Eats at the end of the night, so say a lot of times when you're coming home from the pub, you want to get a kebab. So here's my suggestion is the place that you're buying the kebab at, order it on Uber Eats, right, even though you're in there. So when the driver rocks up, you just say, oh, mate, that's my order. Drive me home. So you force them to give you a lift home on the back of the Vespa, whatever they're on, they get you home. You are a financial Thank you. genius. So Thank right. you, Adam, Adam Rosenbachs. <laughs> He's making a list, checking it twice. MG's list. It's his kill list. You don't want to be on Unbelievable. the list. All right, you don't want to be on the list. Uh, when the big fella gets angry and you're in his sights, uh, the whole thing can go pear-shaped very quickly, as we know. Okay, just before we update, can I just let you know who's on the list? Prince Harry, well said. Mark Wahlberg, still don't quite understand it. Ed Sheeran, Guy Sebastian, The Rock, Ryan Gosling, because he closed down the Sydney streets, yeah. and uh, Camillo for trying to call herself Queen. Who are you adding yeah. today? Uh, well, I'm taking Ed Sheeran off and I'm replacing Ed with Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah, what's he so, done? Well, for, for a start, my favourite movie of all time is Roadhouse, and he's okay. reviving the role of Patrick Swayze, or maybe, maybe Patrick Swayze's son, as as um, the Dalton. And what he's done, he's, he's an ex-UFC fighter. Well, yesterday at the, the arena, at the UFC arena, um, they filmed the scene, and it all looked pretty right, it looked pretty good, looked, you know, it looked authentic, until they got to the face-off, when... When two fighters look at each other in the eye just after they've waited, yeah. they, they look at each other with intent. Well, yeah. Hall looked at his opponent for this movie and gave him, when he wasn't looking, asleep, a, a sneaky slap to the face. So lost all authenticity, authenticity gone out the window. And I thought, you wanker. You don't do that. <laughs> if you're going to play the role, play the role properly, mate. Do it right or don't so, do it, you don't dick. Think, yes, there you go, Mickey. Doesn't that cathartic? <laughs> But did you believe he was like a UFC fighter? You didn't. He looked like I, a show I, pony Hollywood yes, sexy yeah, boy yes. Pr- playing pretend, and he's yes. in a, an arena with real there men 
uh, who are going about the business, and go. you got this uh, uh, punsy little upstart yep. getting yep. in there, trying to mix it with the big boys, and it's not. Who so, cares? I don't. It didn't get me. It didn't. I didn't think. Oh man, he's a fighter. Like he's he's a, he's this movie's going to be all awesome, and it's the fact that I've. Roadhouse is my favourite movie of all time. I just think they're doing oh, you're injustice. Angry. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you're angry. I'm, I'm, I'm firming. Well, I saw him when he looked him in the face off, and I thought it was like a rom com. <laughs> yeah, it, it was almost like Ryan Gosling was the other side going. It's not happening. Go Get on this watch. Get away, Dylan Hall. <laughs> you're go and list. do something down the shallow end of the pool, you <laughs> jerk. Sport Report. And we're going to unpack uh, all the highs and lows of the very first round. We are back and into it. It is underway. Uh, let's go with the with the upsets, uh, which is the biggest story of the round, MG. Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins were amazing. Um, every single rugby league pundit would have said that they would be lucky to get within 20 points of the Roosters yesterday, except for the... Uh, the players who play for the Dolphins and their fans, but man, what a performance! And this is how Dan Ganane, Dan Ganane from Triple M called the final moments. There's no place left. Wow. It is one of the greatest moments in the National Rugby League. A monumental upset. The Dolphins of Redcliffe have won their first game, but they have deserved this. They have looked the Roosters in the eye all afternoon and they have pummeled them. 28 to 18. And that is not a fair indication of their dominance. Wow. No one no one saw that coming, MG. No, they didn't, Mickey. And that was an amazing performance. There was some really, really unbelievable games. As I said before the break, I can't think of a round of rugby league that I've enjoyed more for the opener of the season. Started back on Thursday night when Harry Grant um, weaved his magic to score a golden try in golden point. Um, Cam Munster yep. played with a dislocated, uh, what do they call it, when it pokes through the skin? A, um, a uh, compound, compound fracture. Compound it? fracture. Jeez. That was heroic. That's, uh, that's uh, out off the charts, that is. <laughs> well, that's, and you know what he said, Mickey? He said, if because if, he, he's off the booze, so he's, he's on a booze ban. He right. said, if I, was, if I was still drinking, he said, I probably would have come off and, and not went back on. He said, that's how strong I've become by not drinking alcohol. And I suppose it's the proof is in the pudding. Manly, were, Manly, I think, were one of them. They put Huge a big winners. highlight on. Yeah, the Rabbitohs as well. Um, and the Titans yesterday were really good against the disappointing Tigers. So round one's one and done. Uh, some big games looming for ga- game two, which we'll talk about later in the week. But um, my what, top about, three what about Penrith? What about Penrith before oh, you get to the players? Let's, let's we have, no, Penrith. let's get to let's Penrith, who basically, <laughs> I can't remember their last win. I cannot... <laughs> It seems a distant memory. Can you make the eight? Can you make the eight? You're a buffhead, you are. You are a buffhead. (laughs) Give him. Okay, so let's let's unpack Penrith quickly. Um, Yeah. They lost lost a couple of good players in the offseason. Coruscant, Kikau, um, and they lost Cam Serrato, the defensive coach. But um, the last two weeks have been a little bit clunky, I would say. Uh, 13-12, they went down to the English champions, St. Helens. And then exactly the same score last week against uh, the Broncos. So I think that's a little bit of rust. Um, they were all, I think there were 17 players from the Penrith Club who um, went away on the World Cup. So they've all come yeah. back late. Right. Pre-season's been short. So can they make the eight? They'll make the four, and they'll probably win the comp again. So let's hope that. But let's, 
My far, my three players of the round were Daly Cherry Evans, who scored his first ever hat trick in his whole illustrious career. So what under him? Um, Lachlan Ilias from the Rabbitohs, the coming of age game, I think, for Lachlan. If he plays like that each week, South Sydney are going to be a powerhouse. And yep. yesterday, I think um, the guy who set up this win for the Dolphins uh, is an ex Storm player, and he rattled the cage of the Roosters every time they ran the board. It's Felice Cafusi. His defence yesterday was kind of the the thing that got them over the line. He started the rampage and uh, well done to the Dolphins. That was that was yep. monumental yesterday, and it's got, it's giving me goosebumps every time I think about it. So bring on round and, two, Mickey, next week. And well done to the coach, uh, the walking cadaver, Wayne Bennett, <laughs> who, as, as you said earlier, they'll be dragging around weekend at Bernie's style for a long time to come. Mick Malloy at MG in the morning. Get the Toyota forklift advantage. Visit toyotamaterialhandling.com.au.